You're listening to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus, with your test subject, Micah Ball. The salty, slightly cynical account of Micah's shocking diagnosis with epilepsy, the synaptic jolts that short-circuited his world, and efforts to rewire and rebuild his not-so-normal life. But first, he's going to need brain surgery. And now, Seizure Salad, with your host, Micah B. It's the best way to get through most things, I imagine. You know, yeah. you can. You know, it's just exactly. everything's everything's funny if you just laugh at it. <laughs> Sometimes, in the right way, though, you can laugh at something in the wrong way. No, there's definitely like there's definitely that's what you know. That's why it's like I actually like I think stand-up comedians are super intelligent people. You know, because like one, they have to have such a unique perspective and I admire stand-up comedians. I watch stand-up comedy all the time. That's why I love, that's like the only reason I have Netflix is for stand-up comedians because to stand up there and just talk for 60 minutes to 90 minutes and to have everybody engaged, that is a skill and a talent unlike any other, you know, like it's just, to me, it's just, it's very impressive and I don't think people realize it. Like to me, that's a true art form right there is like if you can do stand-up comedy that is artistically just a whole new level i agree i fully agree not only that but stand-up comedians oftentimes if not most times deal with topics that are edgy and conversational and oftentimes their jokes risk like oh there's my alarm you as a stand-up comedian, you could piss off half your crowd real quickly too, and so that's why it's just to me it's so amazing for them. You know, and obviously it takes and a while. They do they do they piss them off all the time because it's all about the reaction, you know? And it's like because it gets the reaction, but there's also people that understand like it's comedy, it's subjective. You know, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But even in that reaction, it's even shows their art in the way they handle the reaction and build it. Feed when people it. start heckling, you know, comedians and then comedians yeah. have to be quick on their feet yeah. to handle that. Otherwise the show gets away from them. And if it's their show, they have to make sure everybody knows that. And so it's really like, like I, I want to get into stand comedy. I think I have the gift of gab. I don't know if I'd ever, I will never get that good, obviously, but I think it'd be cool to do just cause like you have to be quick on your feet, relatable, and you have to make adjustments, you know, like there's comedians, like you can watch some of them where like you can, like, I love comedy clubs. Cause you can tell there's some comedians, like they realize that what they're saying isn't working. So they'll work, they'll start, you know, they'll switch it around. Right. They'll do different or jokes. Back or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just like that you watch them change on the fly, kind of the direction they're going. And it's all based on crowd reaction and crowd interaction. And so I don't know, like I think standard comedians to me, next level like they're just so intelligent all the time amen man amen agreed george carlin you know old school lenny lenny bruce richard Pryor. then there's new guys i've seen i can't even remember the names that just blow me the fuck away man. there's some really good i think bill burr right now to me is probably one of the best comedians out there he's really bill burr He's his angry Boston dude, just typical awesome. Uh, Anthony Jeselnik, I like him. I like him. I also don't like him because like he's really funny, but like you can figure out the pattern of all his jokes really quick. You know, it's just yeah. you know the you know it's just gonna be something very. He gets predictable, but he's everything he says is such a unique way. It's like I'm still laughing at it. 
but either way there's tons of good comedians but even like i even watch like eddie murphy like raw you know from like the 80s like that was, that was just a classic level you know of like yeah, i don't know like history of comedy really i i i spend way too much time learning about funny people <laughs> you know like, like that's why that's, you know, that's like, research man that's research but yeah, I don't know. Well, you got to research, you know, so I'm like, I said, I want to get into it, but I also want to know what it's about. And you can see different eras, what jokes kind of go. And that's why it's like comedy is like, it's pretty much just a political commentary for the most part. You know, I mean, most comedians historically, you know, you have your comedians that make your sex jokes and your baby jokes and all that. But I think the ones that really stand out are the ones that kind of have almost a little bit of a political commentary where they kind of shit on both opinions, you know, but they do it in a way that you, you're engaged in it. You know, yeah. it's just like you want to know where it's going. Now, remember this. All right. Here's a good, here's a good trivia factoid that relates exactly to what we're talking about. Traditionally speaking in, in uh, medieval culture, the only person who was allowed in the king's court or publicly for that matter to make fun of the king was the court jester that is power money can't buy comedians (laughs) have a very very important role in society dude absolutely no they always have and i think they always will hey i gotta press pause though i gotta go pee really bad Uh, i got some nicotine to smoke dude it's all good all right i'll be back in five you know what you don't have to pause. I, well, I'll pause my recording. How about that? I mean, that? you can just keep it going. but No, you because it. that's five minutes I got to cut out, dude. Oh, perfect. Made it back. <laughs> you know, I, I needed that little break, man. Gave myself a little taste of when I was in Europe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Big hit of hash, some nicotine. It felt like I was smoking a Euro joint again. <laughs> Did you ever mix it with the tobacco? Is that what well, you that mean? Was the, the, that's, they do that everywhere. If somebody in Europe, back then, well, yeah. This was the 90s when I was traveling through there, staying with friends, lived a couple of different places. And um, now nah, I'm a vast majority. In fact, back then, everybody in Europe mixed their weed and hash with tobacco. Mm-hmm. So they thought yeah. we were crazy. They were like, you New World people, <laughs> you Americans. And they didn't mean just America, like the United States. They meant everyone in the Western Hemisphere. Wait, really? Yeah. Because, like, South Americans smoke it just the same way we do, like Canadians and Mexicans. And it's, and I have a theory about this is old world weed sucks, new world weed fucking rules so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i don't know i feel like weed's definitely gotten stronger since it became legal that's for sure you know and i mean just like the way edibles have gone too like they actually taste good now <laughs> the strong shit is more accessible than it used to be that is true for yeah. sure it used to be like you had to know somebody that was you know pretty much tied to humboldt county you know, and the whole Emerald Triangle pretty much to get anything quality. There's still a couple of places up there that are premier though. Still a couple of places up there where probably not going to find anything better. You ever thought about how kids these days have no idea what it was like to buy weed? 
Like, I mean, cause like, I think I was probably one of the last generations that went through like, you know, in high school anyways, cause high school, we became legal my senior year of high school. And I know that cause I did a paper on why it should be legalized, <laughs> but like, I must've been like the last generation or one of them where I had to go to like some sketchy dude's house, you know, when I'm like 15, just trying to buy some shitty weed and he gives me like the most skunk weed he can. Uh-huh. And I would go home and I didn't have like, you know, my dab rig or my pipes. I would crush up like tin foil. We, you know, we carve out oranges or like the, the soda cans. You ever do that? Oh yeah. Or uh, we'd make pipes out of anything we could find. Like we were such little engine fucking ears, engineers. And like kids now have no idea about that whole process to just smoke some shitty skunk weed, <laughs> you know, just some dirt weed. That's like, <laughs> Oh my God, dude, you get the shit and it's just all in a brick. And you got to bust it out and you take it out and you lay it out on an album cover. There's, it's a thing. Ask your EDM friends or your, you know, ask, ask people who listen to STS nine or something, you know, I love the tribe. Love the tribe. You would love Brent. Mm-hmm. Brent and Tina live the tribe for sure. Um, so you would lay your, your seeds or your weed. It, it was mostly and then you'd take a card and you'd just start breaking it out and pulling out as many as you could. And event somebody inevitably during the night at a party, during a brickweed smoke party, is going to get a fucking seed pop in their bowl as they're like smoking it. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure many eye injuries have resulted from shitty brickweed. And like, Kids nowadays don't get that. They'll never understand that experience because, you know, they just ask somebody who's over 21 to go like, you know, to the liquor store. Like, Hey, can you get me this? You know, it's like, they don't know. They don't, they will never understand the process of when it went through effort, the, the the danger, the danger involved. Like the stupid situations I was putting myself in. Where the fuck are we going? Is this guy going to stab me? I don't know these people. And I'm probably overthinking it too. You know, but I was like, man, I was like, 15 trying to just trying to pass some weed man <laughs> you know, like just going through the most ridiculous process <laughs> it it was it was pretty ridiculous i was pretty spoiled i started super early just just because um one of my good friends his dad was one of the main dealers in the neighborhood okay. so he would kibe weed from him all the time and then I had another friend whose dad owned a bunch of pawn shops and he had access to shit that nobody else had access to. And so every once in a while we get some of his stash and it was just amazing, you know, or he'd be nice enough to sell us a little bit, you know, original Christmas tree buds and shit like that. See, luckily you had that. I mean, I used to think I was buying the best weed and I was, and then now looking back on it, I was like, I used to get high off like the worst weed. (laughs) What else is it going to (laughs) do? What can you do? What can you do? Exactly. No, I was, I was one of the lucky ones because, because most of the time I I was in your shoes in that sense. Mm. No, I was pretty fucking lucky. You're right. Because I fell in with, the right people or maybe the wrong people 
I fell in with the right vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be careful with that because because I eventually did some really wrong things. So, no, I didn't. I didn't do anything wrong. I just fucked up. I just fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't do anything wrong. I just fucked up, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Honestly, that's a real thing. Like, I didn't do anything wrong intentionally. I just, like, Got talked into selling way too much acid to a girlfriend's friend mm-hmm. and got set. It, it was all a setup and fucking bam, bam, bam. No way, really. Yeah. When did that happen? That was 1992. I wasn't even born yet. My brother was. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Losing track of time, man. I know I am. I keep thinking I'm fucking 25 still. Get Just kidding. I I know time I'm, real. <laughs> I know I'm like at least 30. I know I'm at least 30. At least 30. My body tells me. Remind you real quick. <laughs> nah, my body's not in too bad of shape. But definitely, I mean, I think I could. And for the first, like, if I were to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a fucking enduro trek against a 25-year-old, I'd get out there. And for the first quarter mile, I'd be like, yeah. And then it'd be like, Ugh. all right, dude, you win. Like, all right, got to take a break again. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, I was wrong. Can we just call this and go barbecue? <laughs> straight up like why i didn't want to be here like <laughs> i'll admit i made a huge mistake something like that mm-hmm. oh man dude <sighs> yeah today was kind of shaky yeah yeah how are you feeling you said you weren't feeling too hot earlier it was weird man um I'm almost afraid that this is what I expected would happen is, you know how I've just tended to take a tolerance to these drugs. Mm-hmm. Every drug I've tried work for the first couple of weeks, maybe the first month and then boom, I'm seasoned again or, you know, shit's going wrong. And, uh, the first part of this week I was taking this extra drug that adjunct and fuck, I was sleeping great and no seizures. You know, I'd wake up fine, pretty physically refreshed, although still the grog, but I could feel that my body hadn't been through anything and my brain hadn't like locked up or anything, you know, mm-hmm. seemed like these things were helping to control them. Um, and then this morning, like last night, I don't think I got more than 10, 15 minutes max of any amount at a time of sleep. It was rough. Yeah. 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 It was not fun. And felt okay, but not great. Took a little bit of a nap in the afternoon. And then, man, out of the blue, wobble, wobble, wobble. My brain started like my body. It was like my equilibrium. Just everything was like, what the fuck's going on? And 
possibly another seizure coming on, possibly. You know, a small one. I knew it because if it was a clonic tonic, it, I would have been down on the ground. You know what I mean? You would, yeah, you would have been. I get, I get warnings for the little ones. I'm starting to fe- I'm, I'm starting to recognize the warnings for the little ones. Although the big ones hit me out of the blue, there's no way I'll ever. I go unconscious before I, you know, know they're happening. So, so I, I felt that. I felt that feeling, and that's when I messaged you and was like, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. Yeah. 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 But. It was either a really small seizure or one of the side effects of the new drugs, one or the other, because I laid down for a few minutes, about 10, 15 minutes, and then boom, I'm, I'm up and I'm like, fine. So that's what sucks the most about what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah. Is I'll wake up and I'll be like, yeah, I'm fucking ready for this. Get out there. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like thinking I can do an endurance race with a 25-year-old again. I get out, I got this. And out of the blue, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, I'm a little dizzy, I'm a little... So it kind of sucks. And the fact that I couldn't sleep again, and the new drug is supposed to be like this heavy prescription strength sleeping drug, sleeping pill, Mm -hmm. um, tends... I'm going to be boosting up to two of them this week. They told me they're stepping me up. So, yeah, eventually I'll be on three a night. Fuck, dude. Seizure Salad Fuster Clock Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page, whatever floats your boat. Just keep listening. Until then, remember that it's all in your head.